When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. It's Wednesday, May 11th. I'm Jeff Schwartz alongside Gabe Goodwin. This is Jeff Schwartz. This morning, you're powered by the Varsity Podcast Network. The NFL schedule is out this week. Well, in full, we'll talk about what players look for in the schedule. We'll talk some more NIL, the follow-up on discussion last week, and so much more in the NFL. And I have a brand new co-worker that was announced today, which Gabe is most happy about. Gabe, how are you, my friend? Yeah, okay. So Tom Brady is uh, allegedly going to be a Fox broadcaster when he's good and ready apparently he the 10 year deal starts when he decides he wants to start being a broadcaster we'll we'll find out when i guess so does this mean he's he's not going to miami next year who knows what it means like man like obviously you work at fox i did work at fox i still do some work for fox i'm not going to try to pretend like i know what's going on in this situation i would just say the guy, remember, it was only a few months ago, the guy retired and then denied he had retired and then unretired. And then we heard he tried to buy a team. And then he's he's saying the tuck rule was probably a fumble. Like, I, who knows what to believe with this guy? Can we just agree this is sort of silly? The, the question is, I think, in this situation, is I'm a Fox employee, but I work most on the digital side. I do a little bit of television. Tom Brady's going to be you know, the number one um, you know, NFL guys, you're taking over for, for Aikman 
and he's going to do a bunch of marketing stuff for them. Do we ever cross paths? Do you think I ever have any opportunity at some point to say, hey, Tom Brady, nice to meet you, Jeff Schwartz? The answer is no, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't I don't think that you're going to be in the same place uh, ever if at all. You know, I, yeah, no, I don't think that you're even going to be. There's like a there's a green room at Fox. It's called the avocado room. Yeah, I, I go. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Now, the avocado room is a, a pretty much all comers, right? Like you right, see the yeah. biggest stars of the whole network are in there just alongside dopes like me or someone with a little more clout like you. Uh, I think that maybe Tom Brady is even above the avocado room. I think he has. He's his own like, room. And he's a separate, like he gets to share Colin Cowher's dressing room, like the the two story dressing I, room for Colin or something I think, like that. I think Colin might have to move to a new dressing room if Tom shows up. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe you know what? I'll tell you what. Because Tom loves avocados, maybe that's the avocado room will just become Tom Brady's green room from now on, and everybody's got to move to a new place. Tom Brady's green room. I'll tell you what, I have enjoyed the Fox green room. It's people are very nice whenever you go, you ever, uh, during football season, it's fun. There's a lot of coaches in there and just talking it's, football. It, but yeah, it is a ton of fun. It is one of the treats of being in this industry that you and I have yeah. gotten to enjoy. And I, I had it at ESPN with, with Boomer and TJ and Keyshawn and all those guys were being there. And it was whatever you might think of them as on air personalities, it is a treat to watch football you know, a few feet away from Chris Berman. It's awesome. Oh, it's so much fun. I did that one Sunday when I was kind of flipping through companies with ESPN like three years ago before COVID. Berman is a hoot during football games, watching the games. A lot of fun. Um, in that, in that, I don't know whatever room it is, ESPN. But yeah, it was, uh, it's a lot of fun. So Tom Brady is my new uh, coworker. So uh, I, I told my wife we'll meet Giselle at the Super Bowl next year because Fox has a Super Bowl. So I told her that we're going to be able to, to see them at some point. And um, it was funny. Speaking about, about Tom Brady, um, the F1 um, was in Miami this past weekend. And I'm not, a, I watched the first season and a half of Drive to Survive. I think that's what it's called on Netflix. Good show. I like it, but I'm not an you know, F1 fan uh, per se. But I put it on for like 15 minutes before the race started because my son, I said, hey, do you want to watch racing or do you want to watch basketball? He said, F1. So I put it on beforehand and all these people are there beforehand, right? Like they show all the celebrities. And Meredith's like, all the hot people are there. Why am I not at this event? I'm like, hun, the, the the bracket, we're not in that bracket, love. I'm sorry. We're not in that bracket to be at the F1 race in Miami. Well, also, all those people are are well-known, diehard racing fans. They've been with the sport like, for like a long, Like Tom long Brady time. Oh, and yeah. Michael Jordan. They care a lot about. David, Be yeah. David Beckham. Yeah. And um, that, one guy, that one guy was walking around, and he, he thought Pablo Banchero was Pat Mahomes. Yeah. It was so. It was so good. And there was some other guy though that she's like, "Oh my god, this guy's the hottest guy ever." I went and looked him up on Instagram, and like she, there, they were like, they were like influencers, like there, and she was excited. I was like, "Hon, I'm sorry, I'm just not cool enough. Like, I don't have that bracket." But maybe, maybe Tom and I'll be best friends moving forward. Let me ask you this: Do you think Tom and Giselle on a quiet uh, Sunday or a Mother's Day, for example? ever throw grilled shrimp into one another's mouths like you and Meredith do? <laughs> no, we certainly do not. Yeah. Mother's Day, Meredith was like, I want you to cook outside. I said, all right, fine. Uh, it was an unusually cool day. It was like 60 degrees. And um, so I just made um, I made breakfast on, on the, the, the uh, it's a pit boss griddle. And then I did the same thing for lunch. And I made tacos for lunch, but she's like, you have to do the shrimp thing and the onion thing, like at, like at Benihana and all the, all the hibachi places. I said, fine, fine. I just defrosted shrimp just for that purpose to throw them in her mouth. And then um, I did one of those onion trains, but didn't light on fire, unfortunately. So 
I tried to do light on fire. But yeah, I did the, the whole experience. She just wanted a shrimp thrown in her face. Uh, what, and she caught it. Than, I saw it on Twitter. She, for, for, first attempt, too. She caught bad throw by me. But first attempt, she caught it. I was very impressed. Um, but yeah, no, they're probably not... Uh, they're probably not doing that for, for Mother's Day. I, I do know that Tom Brady, I've seen very little of him. on. I don't follow him on social media. I don't follow his wife on social media. But what I've seen, though, he does seem like he's a good father. Like He actually cares. There's some people I feel like stage the, the, the fathership thing and mothership thing on social media. I feel like, though, he does or is a good father. Put it like that. All right. I, I listen, uh, I, people who listen to this show or follow me on Twitter know I uh, – I don't pull punches with Tom Brady. I'm not going to question him as a father. That, that's that's well, an area where I wouldn't I, I, go. But a lot of other areas, I would call him out. Um, <laughs> but I think their Mother's Day was was good. Um, I, I, again, I, there's some people I see on Twitter, on Instagram. I saw this one. Never mind. Different, different day, different conversation. Let's get in. to Oh, my! by the way, too, yeah. as, we're, as we're recording this right now, yeah. they're filming a commercial at my house. What? Uh, again, yeah, it's the fifth or sixth time we get paid to film commercials at our house. It's unbelievable. So I'm, I might not like be very loud. They're not actually filming right now. They're filming tomorrow. Today was a setup oh. day. Yeah, Gabe, they pay us a lot of money, and they just take over our house for three days. And they were this time they removed all our light fixtures downstairs, moved our TV off the wall, huh. and they basically built an entire set in our kitchen, dining room, family room area. Wow. And they just and I they they're not recording today, so I'm at home doing this. Otherwise, I had to go to. My wife's office, probably, but yeah. So I might not. I'm going to be very loud today, but you'll be able to hear me good. Enough. All right. Well, uh, listen. I don't want to disturb anyone doing work in your house. Uh, let's talk about uh, a few things that jump out right now this week. You know, people can listen to this whenever they feel like it. Obviously, it's not a ton of breaking news going on, but the NFL is sort of day by day leaking out more and more information about the upcoming <laughs> schedule. You had a great idea. Why not just release a game a day until September? I think that's a terrific idea. <laughs> Can you, can you imagine like a random July day? They're like Texans Jaguars, week 15, 1 p.m. Eastern CBS. Dude, talk radio, TV, heaven to do that. We would get five minutes at least. And some of these games, the ones that have already gotten out, are actually really worth talking about. So let me throw a few of them at you. Obviously, the Rams are going to be the opener yeah. on Thursday night. We don't know who they're going to get yet. That is TBD. I think, I'm jokes aside, I honestly think things like Tom Brady's future – Aaron Rodgers' future played heavily into who are the Rams going to get on the opening Thursday night. Who do you think that's going to be? Um, they they don't t- they don't do division games normally, right? On the, on the opening night, Typically but they probably. I mean, is it probably is it me Tampa? I mean, it could be Tampa. I mean, it could be the Bengals, I suppose. Right? I don't think it's the Bengals. It's, they they won't do a rematch, and and we, they don't play the Bengals, do they? This I, year? Um, I thought I, I heard I, that it was going to be Rogers Brady was going to be the Sunday night of week one. I thought I heard okay. that. Um, I'm curious. Okay. Let's see the Rams. Cause you know, this is so, it's so funny. They, their schedule's already like, you know, we know the, okay. So their home game. Oh, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be the Cowboys okay. or the bills All right. week one. Yeah. They, they, they host the Cowboys this year and they host the bills. So that feels like that. Those are bills or Cowboys. Probably. Cowboys, but Fox is probably going to want that game, right? So I don't know. I, I Bills, maybe I guess Bills or Cowboys are, are my are my guess for the home game. All right. So then moving into Week Two. Oh, oh, actually, take that back. Broncos too could be Week One Thursday because the Broncos also play Week Two Thursday. So maybe they do Thursday to Thursday thing for the Broncos. I don't love the sound of that. Uh, I don't think the Broncos have earned that kind of audience yet with this. I know it's the Cowboys have. 
Uh, they're the Cowboys. And yeah, quite mm. honestly, I think the Cowboys finish this season with a better record than the Broncos do. Because the Chargers and Chiefs are in their division. Chargers-Chiefs is the Thursday night game week two. So that's fun. Maybe we can find a way well, to... Chargers-Chiefs, not Broncos-Chiefs. Chargers-Chiefs. Chiefs, yes. So we obviously had a, a, a great regular season game uh, late, late in the year last year. That should be a fun one. Titans-Bills Monday night that week. Vikings at Eagles, the doubleheader Monday night uh, week two. Eh, I don't know about those. It's actually, you know, it's actually not a doubleheader really this time. They play at the same time. There's a, a lot of crossover. Yeah, they, it's, it's like seven, right. 7 and 8.30, which is odd. They're ones on ESPN, ones on ABC. I guess they don't like that those ratings for that late game, typically. You know, the game that's at like a 10.30 Eastern. Yeah. Um, so interesting. I, they're doing, and they're going to have... Buck and Aikman do the ABC game. That's the that's the worst of the game, right? That second game is not the better one. I'm curious how they're going to work that. We'll see. Yeah, well, you know, I think what happened, we said this during uh, COVID, you know, the last couple of seasons, especially last year, when games were getting, you know, moved all the way to Tuesdays and we had like day games on Tuesday, like it occurred to everyone that as long as the players can keep up, Getting more football windows, being able to keep our eye on more games instead of just packing it all into Sunday afternoon is a good thing. And it seems like in small ways, the league is trying to do that. So moving through it a little further, we get the London games are back, obviously. So Vikings at Saints in London. That seems like one we could miss week four. Giants at Packers in London. Finally, the you know British fans get to see some teams with an actual history. Uh, they're used to seeing like the Jags and Dolphins. Um, Broncos at Jags. There you go. In London, week eight. Seahawks at Bucks. Seahawks was one. I, I saw this pointed out. Seahawks have to travel almost 30,000 air miles for their schedule yeah. this year. Does that actually matter, Jeff? Well, they always have to travel a lot because they're in the Pacific Northwest. Like they're in the upper corner of the country. So they're always going to have a lot of miles lo logged. I mean, their division game from Seattle to Arizona is a long way to go. I remember when I played in the NFC North for, for the Vikings, there were some times we'd play at, at 12 Central and be home by 6, I mean, a 45-minute flight or anywhere. They have just a long way to go, whoever they're playing. They fly from, again, Seattle down to L.A., Seattle down to, to Arizona. You know, the Giants and Cowboys are pretty far apart for a division game. Same with Washington, right? I mean, the Cowboys and Seahawks typically fly – a lot of miles because just their division opponents are far away from each other. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, yeah, it just depends which division they're getting from oh, yeah. the Yeah, they have the East, yeah, yeah, yeah as they, well. They, they, have the East they got a little unlucky well. with that. Yeah. Um, all right, so then Thanksgiving is not set. We know we'll see the Lions and the Cowboys hosting games, but we don't really know anyone else on Thanksgiving. And then there's Christmas and Christmas Eve. This is interesting. So Broncos at Rams on Christmas Day, a day that has usually been the NBA's day. Not anymore. Yeah. Uh, there'll be two other games on Christmas Day. So the NFL is basically doing the same thing they do on Thanksgiving on Christmas Day. What do you think of that? Well, Christmas Day this year is a Sunday. Like yeah. that makes sense, yeah. right? I mean, I understand if it was a different day, but it's a it's Sunday. A Sunday. Like, they're going to play their regular schedule as they always do on Christmas. This is nothing new. It just maybe magnified this year because of the way they announced the schedule. But this is the way it's always been. If Christmas on a Sunday, you're playing all your games on Sunday. You're not moving. You might have some Saturday that time of year because there's no college football on Saturday. So the NFL gets a few games on Saturday in December. But otherwise, this is it's business as usual. They're not moving off Christmas. They wouldn't even move off Easter if they had to. Like they're playing the games on Sunday. It does not matter what holiday it is. They're playing, and this is Sunday. It's Christmas. They're playing the game. So no surprise here, game. Yeah. Um, a note from Hank here: the bottom four teams in strength of schedule uh, are the four NFC East teams. For all the airtime this division gets, 
They've been in the, the worst division in the league for years now. I mean, I, I feel like ever since we've been doing this show, we've been talking about how bad the NFC East is. Is this the year yeah. they turn it around and sort of justify all that attention? I'm starting to do my win total stuff later this week. Actually, Fox asked for that as the schedule gets closer to being released. You know, the Cowboys are probably the favorite. You know, Washington, again, quarterback situation. The Giants, quarterback situation. Eagles, I mean, Hurts is good, but not great. I mean, I don't know. They're probably not going to be awful this year. Like, I think the South has a chance to be pretty bad with Houston and Jacksonville again. You know, but the North with the Lions and Bears possibly. But they're probably not going to be as bad this year. The Giants have better coaching, right? A new general manager, some more talent. So probably probably not going to be terrible. But we will see Giants and Cowboys most likely on national television at one point this year, whether they're good or not. Yeah. Yeah. I think that some of those flex games uh, and games that are sort of TBDs right now, it's just going to be decided by some injuries and teams that pop up and get hot. Like the Bengals did last year. Who would ever think the Bengals should be a national, you know, a national game except late last year, everyone wanted to watch them. So we'll see. Um, you got anything more on the schedule? Yeah, so people ask me all the time, you know, what players look at the schedule, right? Because we look at it, I would imagine, differently than, than you guys do. And I'm a fan of the game, too, so I look at schedules as a fan, but as a player. And, you know, we look at the bye week first, all right? Because we need to know when we're having a break. We need to know, and our families need to know, because the NFL is a grind. And and so being able to have a bye in the middle of the year, I feel like is ideal, right? Week 8 to 10, about. You know, we saw a couple of years ago that Tampa Bay had a late bye. Was it week 12 by week 13 by, and then went out and didn't lose a game won the Super Bowl. So late, a late buy can be beneficial too. You just, you just have to get there. So what, when is the bye week? And then when is your Thursday night game? Because that's also a bye week, right? Mini bye week, right? You're off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, most likely, maybe even Monday, if you're winning and your coach, your coach kind of feels that uh, that you, you need some time off. So it's it's just mentally getting yourself prepared. Okay, we have a week eight bye. Okay, we're gonna play seven games. We're going to be off, then we're going to play now, what, 10 more games, right? So just knowing that, kind of getting to that point where you, where, where you have the mandatory break and getting refocused, and we think about, you know, getting to that point. Again, it's important for us in the schedule. Maybe, you know, you know, you, you think it's weird to look when we're having it off, but that's why. It's, it's a mental, physical thing more than just like, I really want a day off. It's just a, that, a time for us to plan when we get to see our families for a week and just get to kind of decompress from football. Third is primetime games. Um, I'll say this. Most players would rather play at, at one Eastern every game on Sunday. You know, the primetime games are great because it means your team is typically good. So if you have the six, I think it's six still is the most. If you have six, you're probably going to be the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Cowboys seem to get six every year, right? The Bills might have five or six. You know, like the Rams are going to get probably four to five. And that includes Thursday night, right? So it's Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night. How many of those games do you have throughout the year? And then we look at, okay, well, if you have one, a, a road Monday night football game is brutal game because then you get home late Monday night, you're off Tuesday, you're back in Wednesday, and that day is a little bit wonky because you're played Monday night. So we look at, okay, primetime games, how many of them, right? And again, the year in 2013 with Kansas City, we were um, we were 11 and five. The previous year they were two and 14. We didn't have one primetime game until they flexed us in week nine. That was it. Like it was great to play early, get it done with, wake up, play football, win your game, and go home. And then we start looking at, at other things like you know, again, you know, oh, there's is there a personal rivalry game for us? Is there a payback game? You know, I, I left this team. Am I playing this team now? Right? Is there a family situation where you're going to play back in Los Angeles for me? You're going to play a sibling. 
you know, 2013 to play my brother. And those are kind of the way we look at the schedule. But again, it's kind of bye week first and Thursday night football, primetime games. And then we look at obviously the kind of the personal relations to to games, um, matchups that we want to see. But again, you already know you're playing. Like you, you know right now who your opponents are. You just don't know in what order it's going to be. Um, when you'll be at home. And I think we also look, last thing too, is, is cold weather games. Um, okay, we're playing outside in, in, in December because for a lot of us, you know, we don't look forward to playing in those games. And so we have to mentally prepare ourselves now to go play a you know, December game in Buffalo if you're the Dolphins, right? Or you're another warm weather team going to cold. Yeah, that's all interesting to hear from a guy who played in the league for eight years. Let me ask you this. Obviously, you as the player have most of these logistics, almost every ounce of these logistics are cared for by the team, right? So get just yeah. thinking about all of that, you're talking about you as the dad or the father or the brother, or somebody in your people. So honest question, do the family members, people close to you as a player, for the average player, do they have any access to like the team helping them coordinate some travel or some hotels or like, or are you doing all of that no. on your own? If your wife wants to go to a game in Miami, cause it'd be fun to see you play in Miami and she wants to meet up with some friends. That's entirely on her to work out the tickets, work out the hotels. No, I, I, I work out tickets in a hotel hotel. Um, okay. So they, but, they come but, to the but team like, hotel if they want. Yeah. I, I, I can get them a room, like a discounted room. They can't be obviously on our floor. Right. They can't share a room with right. us. It's kind of weird. Like, we should. I mean, in theory, why can't you spend the night with your wife in your in your room before you go play a football game? I mean, the the, the whole that whole you know. I know where we're going to go with this. I'm not going to go there, but you can go there. Like, you don't have to do that. You just hang out with your wife. Like, I don't know. I, I guess they want guys to sleep. I don't. I don't know. But no women are allowed on the floors at all. Even in even so far, some places will not allow female staff members like uh, room service catering maids any of that stuff not allowed on our floors at all and then tickets obviously go through the player so uh we, we request those wednesday thursday during the week um but yeah flights and stuff is up to the family We're, we have the, the, the team's not paying for that unless it's the super bowl and the super bowl they, they fly down on playing the family members yeah i don't want to take us to the wrong place or say something too rude here but if you want to make sure guys aren't up to no good i'm putting air quotes up with uh you know maybe some women who shouldn't be on the floor. The best thing you could do is put the wives on the same floor. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Everyone's going to get a better night's sleep. Probably not do anything wrong if there's a few wives around. So I, think- I well, no, that that's a, that's a good, it's a good point. I mean, we had a guy cut one time who left his room at night. I was like, so it's an idiot. And there's cameras and they have, you know, they know when you, you know, when you beep in, you know, with your, with your key card, he was a dummy. Yeah, Why but also, like, even you, if you, forget, like, even if your buddy on the offensive line, if his wife's staying in his room down the hall, and she's oh, yeah, buddies no, with your you, wife, you, you, you're not going to be screwing around. <laughs> you're be oh no, bed. exactly. No, no, no. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Um, so one of my we had, I had a coach one time before the season, and every coach kind of gives a speech, but one of the coaches did it a little differently. You know, they say, "Okay, guys, it's week one. Make sure you get all your ticket stuff done early in the week, and make sure." Your your girlfriend sit apart from your wives. <laughs> it, was, it was it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's yeah. uh let's shift gears a little bit. So last week, I and I bet you know you probably got a lot of stuff on Twitter about this all week because it was like this sort of tipping point moment for the casual fans' understanding of what's going on in college football 
with all these really kind of crazy NIL deals. And there's a lot of new terms and a lot of complication to this. And frankly, a lot of the rules are being written and rewritten, we're finding out, on the fly. So, Jeff, rather than me bungling some explanations, can you please help us with an updated understanding of where things are with NIL deals, specifically around these uh, so-called collectives, which we knew were boosters, but now the NCAA is saying no more collectives because they are just a group of boosters. Can you clarify? Well, they're not saying no more collectives. What they're trying to crack down on is a collective paying a player to go to their school before they arrive there, right? So let's say that I'm I'm Jeff Schwartz Collective and I'm paying you, Gabe, as a high school athlete to come to my school. They're fine if you're already at the school and I pay you the money, right? But if, you, if I'm enticing you to come to school, they want that curtail. They also have determined, at least they're trying to say that if any of us give money to a collective, we're considered a booster, can no longer talk to that recruit. So let's say, and I, I mean, Oregon's collective, I don't think you can donate to. USC's, you might be able to donate your own money to. I know like in the Pac-12 Washington, like there's some you can donate your money. Like if, if you want to give X amount of money to the collective, you can do that. And now they're going to deem you a, a booster. And what they're trying to do now is go back retroactively and have the players snitch on the boosters, which is don't talk to the boy. Never, never talk to them. They have no subpoena power, game. The NCAA is trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube, right? They let this go now for nine months. They're trying to find ways to now rein it back in. And the issue is that who's doing the reining in, right? Because they mentioned that they want to have you know, ind- an independent... Uh, I'm going to read this for you exactly, exactly right. The NIL agreements must be based on an independent case-by-case analysis of the value that each athlete brings to an NIL agreement. Who, Which independent person is deciding this who are you to decide what the value is to a collective of a, of a, of a high school recruit you don't know any of that right like they're just kind of throwing big things up at the wall none of it's going to stick uh, collectives have already said they're going to sue if the NCAA comes after them because you know look they lost nine nothing in the supreme court and one of the opinions i think was from justice kavanaugh was like no other business allowed to be run like yours in, in the country. <laughs> like you're going, you can't do this. Um, and so they're trying to put everything back and it's just going to be very tough to prove all this because look, we've known this about college sports. Boosters have paid players forever. Okay. Forever. And they almost never get in trouble for it. You know, SMU was, you know, the Pony Express was, on steroids, right? It was they were paying players brazenly, openly. They found one player to talk eventually about it. They were told to stop. They kept doing it and eventually got the death penalty. But for the most part, the boosters never get caught. Now, Gabe, it's legal to do. They have attorneys. They have compliance people. They're not setting this up in a way where they can get in trouble for it, right? Like the NCAA thinks they're stupid and they're not. And each state, and here's, here's another problem too, Gabe. Each state, not each state, but some states have their own NIL laws. So what comes first, their law or the NCAA's enforcement? And again, the enforcement part of this is really funny. Kansas won a college basketball championship with five level one infractions. Like they won a championship with a team that's a, that's going to get like a two-year postseason ban and loss of scholarships if they, if they follow through on the enforcement of this. What I think is going to happen, Gabe, and we're hearing more whispers about this in college sports, is if the NCAA decide to go hard in this subject, A, no one's going to cooperate, but B, 
We heard a little bit of you know, Ohio State's athletic director mentioned this. We've heard Notre Dame's athletic director mention this. We're going to have a system, in my opinion, that is um, out of the NCAA. No more. The NCAA will not have any part of college football anymore. At least Division One, right? FBS. And what's going to happen is they're going to have an English soccer league system of tiers. You have an upper tier where you're going to have the schools that are okay with the current climate of college football. NIL, collective, pay for play, they're all in. Whatever you want to say is happening, go ahead and do it. You have the next tier of teams, which is like Utah, right? A good football team that does some local NIL deals, but they're not they're, they're not giving players millions of dollars to go attend the school, but they're good anyways, right? They're good. They're in that middle tier, and the bottom tier is like Kansas, right? Like just bad, some bad football teams. Now, I would love if those tiers had relegation. That'd be great, but I don't think it's going to happen. But like, I think we're moving to a model where the NCAA is no longer in charge of college football. It's basically there. The, the, the playoff is run by the College Football Playoff Committee and ESPN. It's not run by the NCAA. And I think we're moving in that direction, Gabe, where um, you're either going to be in on it and want to do it, or you're going to have in the second tier or the third tier, and that's what college football. Basketball is too hard. There's 300 and something teams. But in college football, I feel like that's the model we're working towards the next couple of years. All right. Well, okay. There's a lot here, and uh, I'm yes. not smart enough to ask about all of it. I guess where, I, where I'm a little confused, and I, so I imagine the audience might also be, is where incentives do and do not align between the NCAA and universities, boosters, or so-called collectives, yeah. players, uh, the NFL. Like, there's a lot of different entities to think about here. At what point do the schools say, wait a minute. All this money, all these rich people, whether they're alum or not, whether they have real marketing goals or not, all these people used to give us the money and then we would be the product and the players were just the people on our team. We don't get any of that money anymore. It's going straight into the pockets of the players. We don't really like this. When does that happen? And what, what impact does that have on everything else you've just said? Well, it certainly can happen, but a lot of these collectives are run by billionaires who have money to give to both okay. players and and you know recruiting department uh, and uh, athletic facilities. No, but there definitely is going to be conversations. Some of these schools, like where's our money at? Our money's drying up on the athletic side because you're giving the money to the players, and there'll be conversations they have to have with these collectives. But the collective is not supposed to be associated with the university. Right. Like they have, they're supposed to not talk to anyone in the coaching staff. And including the recruits, like it's supposed to be done, and the ones that are doing it correctly are going through intermediaries, right? An attorney, a family friend, a parent, a booster's not talking to these players. So yeah, you can maybe get there, but again, I, I stress this. I said this last week. I said almost every day we talk about this topic is that it's going to level out the next couple of years. Right now, it's it's wild. It's uh, not out of control, but it's unregulated, which it probably will be, continue to be unregulated. But it, it will slow down when boosters realize it's not worth all the money they're paying, right? And I, I get it. People say, well, how is the $8 million quarterback? How are they getting that money back? They're probably not, right? They're probably not, unless he's a Heisman winner or he went to championship for Tennessee. But what they're getting is they're getting some marketing value, of course. Will it translate to $8 million? Again, no. But they get bragging rights. They can say, hey, man, my school is going to win, and I did it. And it's, it's, sometimes these, these people have so much money that $8 million for them is nothing. It's, it's enough to get bragging rights for their school. 
Um, and so, and that's what NCAA doesn't like, right? So you're basically, you know, again, you're, you're paying players to come to your school without any actual value to the collective. But I say, so be it. Like, let the players get all their money. Yeah, well, the players undeniably are getting more money on average because of this. Uh, I, I guess here's what I want to end on, on. Do you think there will be any on-field impact of any of this? Aside from, like, certain teams are going to have maybe better rosters than they would have. Like, nothing changes about the sport. Nothing changes about the way we decide a champion. Nothing changes about the product we watch on television. All of this is kind of inconsequential to this year's football season, right? Uh, yes. I mean, look, A&M had a good recruiting class. Maybe they're better, but the same teams are going to be good are going to be good. But I'll tell you what, though, Gabe. If this if this leads to um, to USC being better, to Oregon being better, Miami, Texas, I think it's good for the sport, right? So I, I would say in the end, probably. But I understand if you're if you're rooting for a team that does that does not participate in NIL, how tough that might be to just see your chances, which you didn't really have anyways, be squandered to be good because you can't just participate in this new wave of college football. Let me ask you the last question. I said it was I was done. We sort of touched on this last week. Then we talked about it on a text thread in between. Are we going to see at programs, uh, I think Hank put in the example of Sam Howell, right, at, at UNC. He had a year left of eligibility. He goes to the draft. He probably thought he was a second rounder. He ends up sliding many rounds deep. So yeah. Sam Howell could have been making – maybe as much as a million dollars a year playing as his senior year out at UNC, perhaps competing for a playoff spot, perhaps. They're certainly in the Heisman yeah. race. Instead, he's barely going to make an NFL team, and he's going to make less than a half a million dollars a year. Are all the Sam Howells staying next year and the year after? Good question. Um, I mean, the lure of the NFL is, is I think, always going to be of value. And, you know, Sam Howell's deal – is going to be, I mean, it's going to be multiple millions of dollars, though, even in the what, fifth round. That what yeah, it was? yeah, no, listen, he, d nobody's going to cry for Sam Howell. His bank account just got a lot bigger, but he could have been a Heisman front runner the whole year. He could be competing for a conference championship and maybe a spot in the playoff while making sure. maybe almost seven figures. But then he's one year later to the NFL. I, I'm I I think it's going to be very difficult for players to their that are, think they're going to be um, draft picks to just stay in school for almost less money than you get. But if you're okay, but just to stay here for a second, if you are a fifth round pick, nobody's you're not starting, no chance. So correct. But if you are like we just saw with you know Kenny Pickett, let's say, like if you hang around and play one more year and put up some real numbers. And you would have been a fifth rounder as a junior, but now you're a late first or early second rounder as a senior. Maybe you do start because teams tend to just give the first round guy a chance. Well, certainly, yeah, but I, I think, and there are there is obviously arrogance for, for play for for players thinking they can come back and be something better. But maybe he realizes this is what he is. Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying I think you get back you get on an NFL field faster staying one more year in college looking that much better getting yeah. drafted that much earlier and then someone rolls the dice on you. That's all. I mean th that's fair, but I just don't know what it will take for how much money it will take for people to stay in school. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. Like you said, there's sort of a water level water line that hasn't really been established yet. Ooh, some New York some New York came out of you there. I like it. Yeah.
So we're we're gonna have to water. What? Oh, did water? Did it? Did yeah? People. Yeah. People call me it came, on that. It came out. All right. Yeah. It came, well, you well you you noticed it and you said the L.A. version of water, like everyone else does. It. I don't even notice what I'm of, saying. It water. Yeah, but you, it, it it went New York for a little bit. My 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 radio producer is from Jersey. He does the same thing. It's okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, take a sip of water while I read off some headlines that happened <laughs> this off season. You tell me. I'm just gonna list off a bunch of the ones Hank and I put together here. Tell me if they actually matter or not. All right? Because we, because we to, had to, to read all this. <laughs> I, well, I don't know, but they, we we were at a quiet time. It's this or you know more speculation about where Jimmy G ends up. So I want to know which of these headlines will still be a thing in a few weeks when we're not just scratching for headlines from the offseason. Antonio Brown, fill in the blank. Like, anything to do with Antonio Brown. Are we just putting him and all of his nonsense aside, or is he going to continue to be a story? I see he had a, a comment about Colin Kaepernick. I was like, I'm not reading this article. You didn't click on it. You didn't want to talk about it. No. Last person that, that I that I want to know how he feels about Colin Kaepernick. All right. Do you think there's some legs to the story about players, college players, sitting out the combine or or not going to the draft? Do you think that's going to continue to be a story in the months and years to come? Um, I think that that there will be a call from certain people to for the NFL players to get paid for going to the combine, but I don't think it's going to be something the NFL will seriously consider. All right. The D.C. football team changed its name to the Commanders, obviously. First year, we get to watch them, buy the jerseys, refer to them with the new team name, come up with all the new nicknames. After about week two, when we're just used to calling them the Commanders, are we done talking about the name change? Well, no one's going to be used to calling them the, the Commanders. I, As I mentioned in a text thread a while ago, my favorite part about the their new strategy is the TikTok star they hired yeah. to be there. Social media correspondent. I love things. it. Yeah, it's yeah. That, that that should fix their image. So uh, yeah, no, I think it's gonna be people will call them. I think, I think people will call them the Redskins still like, for some some older folks, just because they're not used to. But commander, I like Washington football team. I'm gonna call them Washington football team still. All right. Uh, here's one I'm sure is going to continue to be a story, but when there's good reporting on it and when it pops up again, who knows? This Brian Flores suit, you know, really captured our attention. It was a serious story. It was an intriguing story. It seemed like it was going to have a big ripple effect just a few weeks ago. It's been pretty quiet of late. When does that pop up again? Probably when it's least convenient for the NFL. You think? <laughs> it will come up again. Um, I don't know. I don't know when exactly it will, but it's definitely not going away. All right. Uh, when are we going to hear about Calvin Ridley and his return and sort of reevaluating that suspension? That was a huge one for a couple weeks there. It's vanished. When's he going to be back in the news? Until he comes back. That's it. And when he comes back, do you think it's just, okay, he's back? Because remember, yes. there was also that mental health stuff going on, which no one ever explained if those two were connected. Yeah, when he comes back, he comes back. He, and he's just one of the better receivers in the league, we think. I hope he's been I hope he's been gambling his whole suspension too. <laughs> just keep on just, doing just, it. Just just do the just do the parlays. Just like just crappy parlays. All right. Um obviously the Tyreek Hill trade dominated a week or two of coverage for us this offseason. He's gonna be a huge story all season, especially if the Dolphins are good. I'm gonna ask it this way. Will people overdraft him in fantasy? Doesn't his trade or his draft value go down in Miami? I 100% agree. Yeah. Yeah. And and, he, and Waddle's yeah. there. Yeah. I, people overdraft him. Oh, man. I oh, fancy football. I guess I'll do it again this year. I'd say I'm never going to do it. And then I just end up doing it. Yeah. Uh, are we done with, at least for now, this offseason with Rogers, future, trade, yes. complaint? That's over. We're just yes, that's done. That's done for two he years. He shows he 
does or doesn't show up to training camps, who cares? By September, whatever, he's ready to play football. He's going to compete for a championship in yes. Green Bay. All right, yes. good. Um, do you think it will take more than one half for the Carson Wentz is terrible in Ooh. D.C. talk to pop back up again? It'll take two seconds. All right. I think I think we're going to be hearing that the first time he throws an incompletion. But we're not we're not talking about him. I'm year. glad we're, we're still we're not. Same, the same rule applies. Okay, here's a more serious one, and I I really don't think people have come to a consensus on how this will play out. We still still do not know. We moved on to other stories. We do not know if Deshaun Watson is going to play at any point this season. We know he's getting paid a lot of money. We know they structured the deal in case he can't play. Yeah. What's going to happen when Deshaun Watson can't play and Baker is eventually gone? It's interesting. Well, they have Jacoby Brissett, but um, I just saw, I think, yesterday or today a tweet where he still has to sit for hours of depositions. Like, they're moving forward to trial. It's not going to be during the season, they said, but this summer he has to sit for a bunch of depositions. Again, what does Goodell do? And we talked about this at the time when this happened because there's no, there's no criminal charges, right? And so civil cases take a long time to play out, right, Gabe? Mm-hmm. And so, if you suspend him, pending, a you know pending you know wrapping up the civil cases, that could be years. Like, what's the end point of that? So I don't know what they do, man. I think I probably think they let him play. I, I guess send him eight games. Like, I you know cut it in half, eight games down a whole season. I, I don't know, Gabe. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't want to be the NFL's shoes right now with this. No, that one's going to be a really difficult one, and uh, and I I have a feeling that. Deshaun Watson, this whole episode with Baker, just this whole offseason is going to be the reason that we see major, major changes in Cleveland. I, I just I don't see how this goes as planned and people aren't, you know, losing jobs over this one, um, fair or otherwise. I, I just I don't see how that what they had a pretty good rebuild going on. It seemed like they were headed in the right direction. People liked their roster. Baker. Yeah, people want to debate how good he was, but they were winning. And now it just feels like any tiny thing goes wrong, the whole thing can blow up. Oh, it's very volatile. Yes, it can be. I'm with you there. Yeah. All right. There's been other storylines. There will certainly be other storylines in the offseason. But let's take a quick break. Let's come back and move the line. A quick over-under game. A few other things that are in the news this week that I'd love to get your take on. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. Jeff, we're back. Time to move the line. Uh, I don't think most people saw this yet. Maybe uh, by the time they hear it, they will. So apparently the mayor in Dallas believes that they should have another NFL team in the Dallas-Fort Worth market. He's he's actually advocating for a second team. Uh, So I want to ask you, over under 1% chance Jerry Jones lets a second NFL team come to Dallas. 0% 0% chance. Okay, so that's under. What's the chance that this guy loses his next election for even proposing this notion? Uh, 100%. Yeah. He's gone. What is, he's what's gone. happening here? How, why was this thought? Like, who said this was a good idea? He's He's gone. <whistles> Goodbye. 
Goodbye, Dallas man. <laughs> like he's I obviously they're cons- or maybe or maybe or maybe Jerry wants like the team to be there so they can share revenue of like he can get more revenue at his stadium if they play at the stadium. But like it doesn't make any sense. Like who's gonna root for the Texans are a pretty new team. They they still are struggling to find fans, right? Like there's no one yeah. looking for a team to root for in Dallas. Well, you're right. You're right. Yeah, that, that one struck me as very strange. I'm sure some of the shows will talk about it. I don't know how seriously they'll take it. I don't know how seriously you should take this next topic either. Uh, Pete Carroll is playing seven-dimensional chess, but ultimately he knows that Baker Mayfield will be his one percent or his week one starter. Over under ninety-five percent chance that's the case. Actually, I I, I made this case yesterday on Fox Bet Live. I don't think Baker Mayfield goes to Seattle. Or to Houston or um, or Carolina, and here's the reason why: if you're one of those teams, you would rather be very bad this year, in my opinion, than have one year Baker Mayfield being average and winning seven or eight or nine games, right? Because the quarterback class next year is really good, and that takes you out of the running of those quarterbacks for a one year deal for Baker. I think Baker goes; he eventually gets cut by the Browns, and then he goes somewhere where they will, um, a contender will pay him 7 to $10 million to be a backup just to have a good backup in, in, in the wings. Yeah. I'm not, and I'm not sure Baker wants to do that, but like that to me feels like where he might end up. Doesn't it seem like Baker has, you know, greater potential than the Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, like these starter, borderline fringe starter guys who accepted a backup role who then get thrust into a starting role and kind of can play yeah, and get hot. Yeah, Baker, yeah, he's better than he's better than those guys. Yeah, I'm with you. So that's my point. Yeah, about so it shouldn't he just go to play behind like the guy like whoever looks injury pro and I don't know how you evaluate Yes. Him. Yeah. Like yes. And he'll take over a team week six and then stay the, the starter. Like that's just it. It'll be his team after that. Possibly, but again if those teams that have an injury quarterback, do they want Baker Mayfield? Yeah, well, some of them may not. Uh, all right. I don't know if you saw the image of this. Um, Devontae Smith was at the Sixers game the other day, and they put him up on the big screen, and they gave him a little graphic that said, former Philadelphia Eagle. <laughs> Just, wow. And yeah, so he, he posted that and said, damn, got fired on my day off. He is not a former Eagle. But they did trade for A.J. Brown. So question is, over under 10% chance Devontae wishes that graphic were true. You think he wants to play somewhere else now? No, 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 no chance. Not yet. Yeah, I, I think they're building something kind of special there. I actually, I kind of, wait, what did you say their think, win total I, was, I think, projected win total? I think they're, I don't know yet. I think that they have a chance to, if Hurts doesn't work out this year, they're going to trade up with all their assets and get themselves a quarterback, like a C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. I don't know why people were, maybe it's because I pay closer attention to fantasy with teams like the Eagles, but I feel like Jalen Hurts is fine to pretty good like i don't think there's a huge difference between him and dak prescott when all is said and done dak's got a few more years on him he looks better now but what's the major difference i think dak's a better pocket passer from the pocket yeah yeah all right well i don't know i I just feel like jalen hurts gets crapped on for no reason he has real pedigree he's only ever won he put up good stats on a bad yeah. team. Like, I, I just don't understand why the narrative is that he's obviously the guy they have to replace. I don't get it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just, <laughs> Great I just defense think he's just, Hurts. I, I, Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> I just, I just think he's like, I think he's, he's just okay. Like he's just okay. Like 
It's okay to be okay, but he's not a lead enough to win a Super Bowl. All right, fair enough. Uh, your boy KT donated $50,000 to a charity to buy the number five from the Giants kicker. I don't know why the kicker yeah. felt like he could hold on to this thing. How much is the most you would pay to get the number you wanted? Over under twenty-five grand. No, no, no. I think I paid like $2,000 for my number in my last year. And what number? In 74 in Detroit. Okay. Like or a thousand dollars, like not. It was like not. It was like nothing. Who you? Do you remember who you paid? Michael Ola. And what did he wear after that? Don't, I don't remember, but it wasn't seventy four. So it just didn't mean much to him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so you had worn seventy four at all levels up until then. No, I worn it in the NFL all but one year, and the one year that I did not wear it, I had a bad season. Oh. Well, so there's yeah. a little superstition there. There was, yeah. But twenty five k would be a little too much. Too much, yeah. Okay, so under there. Let me ask you this. Uh, your boy, Mike Dolick Jr., posted something the other day about what the worst NFL number is. What's what's your answer to that? 64. 64. It's an odd-looking number, buddy. It does look strange. Well, speaking about Mike Dolick Jr., I got, look, I got his, his thick six shirt on right now. Oh, nice. Hey, good for yeah. – yeah, that's good for it, all you guys. It, all, the, all the proceeds are being donated, so go to uh, – I think it's Home Team Apparel or Home Field Apparel. Oh. Uh, my thick six shirt's nice. Yeah, it's nice. I'm, I'm, it fits well. I'm looking up – NFL players wearing sixty four, like 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 uh, Randall McDaniel, Randall I think McDaniel. wore it. Yep. Yeah, um, that's that's uh, obviously his stance is incredible. Go look at his his offensive line stance; it's crazy. My uh, my blind guess for worst number was fifty nine. Fifty nine okay. feels like the it's like the fake number, like the costume director didn't know, like they just gave him like a football jersey in a in a high okay. school movie. Yeah. Who wears fifty nine? The the best player I can see, according to some random list I just pulled up, to ever wear fifty nine was Jack Ham. I mean, okay. I mean, Hall of Famer, I think. I, yeah. Okay, good good linebacker a hundred years ago. Like, I I don't know of anyone who looked good in a fifty nine. <laughs> Um. Yeah, no, sixty four is pretty bad. Sixty four is bad. I I will agree with that. Yeah. Uh. All right. Let's uh. Let's bring it on home here. Over under ninety nine percent chance the tweet I'm about to read you was dictated by Mac Jones or someone on his PR team or his agent. Okay. Um. This is from some reporter. By every account from Patriots players, quarterback Mac Jones has taken a big leap through hard work, diligence, and development. He is in a totally different place than last year, competing with Cam Newton. Everyone, including Jones, knows he is the present and future of the organization. <laughs> so I thought, I thought um, if you if tweets are sponsored, you have to like say they're sponsored. Oh, it's just insane. No disrespect to this guy who is just probably trying to do his job, and you know. But come on, do we really think that was by talking Re to he, lots of so players? He, he runs PatriotsWire.com. Yeah, this is definitely just a a sponsored tweet from his from Mac Jones's uh, agency. I mean, it's just wild. Like or his agent. Yeah, it's crazy. He Look, the problem for him is that not everyone is convinced he's the future. He's the present. Of course he is. And if he plays well this year, he's the future. But, you know, he didn't look great last year even though they had an okay record. Like I, it's all right. Go win the job. You you know, the guy everyone there worships still, Tom Brady had to win the job. So, you can do the same thing, Mac. 
Yeah, and then maybe he can be he can go to Fox Sports for three hundred seventy-five million dollars afterwards. There you go. That's waiting for you down the line. Um, Jeff, last yeah, I'm, clo- I'm close to that too. Last question: How long could you block a cow for? Over under two and a half seconds. I saw the video of Cam Jurgens. I mean, the cow was more just like, "What is this human doing in front of me?" But I could block a cow for however long my quarterback needed. <laughs> what about a bull? A bull is different than a cow. Really? I didn't know that. I love two like city folk talking about the difference between cows and bulls. I would not be. I'm not agile enough to to avoid a, a horn, a piercing. Uh-huh. So I would. I would probably stay away from uh, from like I. I love when people were run with the bulls and then get hurt, and they're like, "How'd this happen?" Well, you're running with fucking bulls. What do you expect going to happen? Yeah, he asked for it. Uh, all right, last one. And I got to tell you something. I do not know what this is. I don't know. I don't want to know. I think it involves a lot of things I don't like. But there is a hashtag going around. I have to ask you about. Over under 55% chance that you are hashtag Team Hank. I think it's a barstool thing, and I do not know what it means. Okay. So so it has nothing to do with our Hank. Yeah. Because nobody is no, Team Hank. No. If it's our no. Hank. Um, can, can I have one? Can I put one in here? Yeah. Um, I had a tweet the other day that I didn't think was that d- divisive, but obviously it stirred some emotion. Um, and we can just talk about the situation. So there's a two lane, two lanes, right? Okay. You're driving down two lanes. Yeah. And you see up on the right, about a thousand yards up, there, that, that, that lane is, is closing. Okay. okay. That lane is closing. Sure. In Charlotte, the first sign you see of that lane closing, you must immediately merge into the left-hand lane as soon as possible. But your boy knows about the zipper merger. I just keep driving straight. Right. I get to where my lane ends, and I make a left. However, there's always a douchebag who drives in the left-hand lane and then jiggles over the, the center line to, to block people like me trying to, pro- trying to merge properly. Right. I tweeted this out. And people were angry with me. They're like, you should you should abide by the socially accepted policy of merging whenever the fuck you want to merge. No. If everyone did a zipper merger, there wouldn't be traffic delays. I'm the in the right here, Gabe. Uh no, I don't think you're right. Uh I'm with Well, I, I'm hundred percent right. No, ever it's a zipper implies like one from each side meshing together. Yeah, right. But, but you don't that, get to race ad- ahead in a zipper. That would that would end up with that stupid zipper like when you try no. to do it yourself as a kid. No, 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 no. I'm, the zipper merger has to occur when the lane ends, not whenever the hell you want it to end. That's how the zipper merger works. If you, if you merge at any point before the end of your lane, then it's random points where you're merging. Right, but, but then you're saying, then you're admitting to passing people on the right which is also not allowed. No, it is allowed because my lane is still active until my lane is no longer active and I merge at that point. No, 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 no. You can't have it both ways. If everyone, not, not having it both ways. I do the same thing every time. I go to the where my lane ends and I merge over. If everyone else did that, we'd never have a mile-long traffic delay when one lane uh, is closed. Jeff, you, you grew up minutes from the place I'm about to describe. So you're going to know this very well. Other people, I'm sorry, just stay with me. On the 405, heading north, towards the 10 merger. There is this long stretch. It's always backed up. You can go all the way over to the right somewhere and just sort of jet up the right side because some people... That's not the the same thing as what I'm talking about. That lane, lane, because that lane continues to go to the 10 or to get off a national. This one, this is my lane's actually ending. Like there's a construction cone. Your lane is over. 
the, what you're saying about that is a jackass move. I also do that, but that's a separate <laughs> thing. <laughs> See, that's a, that's a separate thing. You, I, if you, if I was your defense attorney, I would not let you on the stand because I just got you. This well, is a, this is like, a character if flaw. I'm, if I'm going, if I'm going in that direction, I'm always getting off the ten. But anyways, I would just take the left hand lane and take it all the way up. I wouldn't go to the right. But I've done that before. Um, there's also like certain places on the freeway where you can like get off, but then never actually get off. You just kind of just keep going like in the exit lane and merges you back in. It's a good, it's a good uh, job as well. No, I'm talking about my lane is physically ending. Like there's a construction cone. It's like this lane is now ending. You drive up to that point and you merge over. You don't merge 500 feet behind that, a thousand feet behind that, half mile behind that. You're talking about something different, which is you just basically go around the traffic in the exit lane and then pop back in before your lane doesn't really end. You just want to get out of the lane. All right, let me ask you this question. You go to a ball game. This has happened to me. You go to a ball yeah. game. I mean, we're basically just coming up with, you know, this is all curb your enthusiasm you're, you're, season 14. Your 405 and 10 interchange one is a good one because you're exactly right. The, the right-hand lane that is national spot. That's a That's an yeah. easy spot to find scumbags right there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> here's another one. You're, you're at yeah. a Dodgers game. And let's say you go to the concession stand. They're they're very packed. It's hard to get what you want. You get go get a Dodger dog. And there's like eight registers, right? But the lines are very confusing and people are trying to walk through to get to their seats, whatever. Yeah. Now let's say a new register opens, a ninth register. So there'd been eight lines previously. A ninth register opens. Can anyone just get out of the line and race to the front of that line? Or should people just acknowledge sort of like, okay, I was like here behind you in this current line. Now there's a new line. Let's both move up, but I'll stay behind you. So the way I look at this is that you should stay behind the person in front of you, but if they do not notice the line is opening, then you have the right to go in front of them. So how long do you have to wait until they notice? Um, if, if the person says like, Hey, I'm open. And then they kind of just like, don't pay attention to that. Yeah. Then they've lost and I'm going. In the so line do you now. like go like, Hey man, you're going to, because either oh, way, no I, don't talk, no, I don't talk to the person in front of me, but I'm saying like, I'm, I wait, I wait, I wait a step. I'm like, well, they're not paying attention. I'm going. And you go straight to the front. Well, I don't cut anyone that's, if someone else is in front of me, I let them go. In front can of we me. agree? I I, not, can we agree that the fairest method would be to like reverse zipper? Now, sure, the second the first, person yeah, online but, should become the first. The third should move up to the second. The fourth should right, be the... But, but, right, but, but the, fair, the fairest thing also requires people to pay attention to things around them, which no one ever does. So that's on them to not like... you Pay attention, man. If, if the lane's opening up, you got to be... Do you also, like, in the grocery store game, when you see a line, mm-hmm. do you look at the amount of people in the line huh. or the amount of things in items. the cart? You have to know the items. Yeah, you got to look at the items, yeah. But, but then, like, okay, I'm the grocery store. I'm number three in line. They open up a new lane. If they say, hey, you're up, I'm like, okay, cool. I'll just go. I don't really cut the person in front of me. I just They said it's my turn. I'll just go in front of them. I don't know. Let's just do. No, I think you got it. This is where I like the guy who blocks you. He sticks his car into the lane to Dude, block you. I'm with that guy. He's blo- I'm, he's blocking me from doing the correct thing. No, he's he's standing up for the rest of society. He's yeah, a hero. A zipper merger is the proper way to merge and avoid the least amount of traffic. No, no you're, I'm, you're, I'm, I'm correct. You're oper- just like with these NIL deals, you are not operating under the spirit <laughs> of the law as it was intended. You are technically correct. I, I'm following the law. Technically so. You will have to discuss this with your maker when your time comes because you know in your heart 
what you're doing is a little bit dishonest. It's not what was intended. No, it's not. It's not dishonest. Yeah. What was intended was you to merge at the proper point, not have a panic attack 500 yards out and immediately merge over and then sit in traffic. The people that I don't understand, and this is now a driving podcast, FYI, um, like. Drive with ambition, man. I don't want to be in the car any longer than you do. Are we just driving like a luxury time? Like just you get point A to point B as safe as possible as fast. People that lollygag, I just don't like it. There we can agree, which is a nice place to end, Jeff. Keep it moving, Last one to agree on. Last one to agree on. An IQ test should just be driving in a crowded parking lot. That's what we should test people on. Whether or not you have the capability to like keep your cool, Find a parking space. Follow the freaking arrows. Like, don't go the opposite direction. If the arrow says go one direction, go that direction. Don't go the opposite direction of the arrow. How are you going to park in a space that's angled a different direction as your car is? It's just, it's, oh, God. Okay, enough, enough, enough. You know when we're doomed? We're doomed when people Hank's age start, you know, welcoming themselves into society. And we got to deal with the way that they drive and they park and what they think normal is. We're all screwed then. Everyone's going to be zipper merging wherever the oh, hell they please. Yeah. So I, if that's what Hank's generation wants to do, then I'm a fan of his generation. <laughs> We're going to teach generation. I, our kids are generation AA, aren't they? Something like, like that. T- t- yeah. Our generation, uh, my kids' generation, my kids will know how to mer- Norman and Emerson will know how to merge properly. I'll tell you that. Good. They will know how to zipper merge. All right. With that, we're actually not sponsored by a car, but if, if Toyota, if you're listening, I like I love I love a tundra. So just uh, if you're listening and want to sponsor this podcast because we're now car now car podcast, you let me know. All right, everyone, powered by the Varsity Podcast Network. We'll be back next week. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please rate, review, and subscribe. More NFL news, some fun, some laughs. We'll do it next week, guys. Take care. Have a great week. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.